With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome you into the Cross Country Mortgage Campus, the undisclosed location for another edition of the best podcast available. We are recapping the 2023 mandatory mini camp and the, the gentlemen are done. Summer vacation has begun. Yep. I'm Jason Gibbs, joined by Nathan Zagura, Brown's media guru, as I like to call him, and Anthony Poizel our staff writer here, our senior staff writer for clevelandbrowns.com. And gentlemen, the offseason is officially over. On to the Greenbrier and training camp 2023. But before that, let's put mandatory mini camp to bed. Zagura, I will start with you. One word to describe the Browns 2023 mandatory mini camp. Exciting. I was going to use a different word from the pre-show. <laughs> But then I thought, <laughs> the are show we doing this the all show? in one take? Yes, because we are. if we are, I can't use that word. So yeah, we excited. want, we want Baco to not have to work like twenty hours putting putting this together. Why? Why exciting? This is a glorified passing camp, is what it is. And when you go through, and you know, you asked me prior to minicamp, what are the top five, you know, things you want to see or questions that remain? And number one is Deshaun Watson. That's really what this season is about, right? If Deshaun Watson, we know how good this roster is on both sides of the ball. So if Deshaun Watson can go back to or even be better than the guy in 2020 who led the league in passing, we are going to be formidable. We're a team that absolutely can win the AFC North. We're a team that absolutely can win the AFC, and we're a team that absolutely can win the Super Bowl. So I think a lot hinges on that. And while, again, this is seven on seven, the ball's not supposed to hit the ground much. It didn't. And he was throwing the ball with such confidence, such precision. Every player that I talked to was grinning from ear to ear, even on the defense, because they're like, we're not going to have to deal with him when it matters. The first day of minicamp, that red zone period where he threw nine touchdowns on 10 passes, was the best that we've seen here. Again, I understand people go, oh, it's a low bar. Okay, fine. That was elite. Alex Van Pelt has coached Aaron Rodgers. He thought that was elite and a lot of fun. Chad O'Shea has been around Tom Brady. He thought that was elite and a lot of fun. So we have people who have been around the quarterbacks that we've always aspired to have. And now I think we have a guy who has that kind of ability, and he showed it at this minicamp. Boisel, one word. Yeah, I will also use a, a synonym to Nathan's word, and that's encouraging. And it's for the same reasons. We saw Deshaun connect with just about every single receiver who's going to be at the top of that depth chart. That red zone seven on seven period that you were talking about, easily the best that we've seen him play out here and, and, the, and the best that we've seen on these practice fields in in a long Ever. time. And that is what you wanted to see. And yes, there were no pads. There were no contact. It is still June. And it was only three days uh, of minicamp practices, but it really couldn't have looked that much better. And if you are a coach on this coaching staff and you want to see how much more comfortable Deshaun looks, that is exactly what you wanted to see. And, you know, the talk all week, too, has been 
Uh, Deshaun looks way more comfortable right now than he did at any point last year. And you can see it in his throws. Again, the precision, the confidence, it's all there. The chemistry is all there. He's hitting guys in stride. There's no, it, you can even just see the improvement over the last few weeks of, of, of when we you know first saw him in, in OTAs to now looks so much better. So I think it's just super encouraging to see that the one main element of minicamp, which as you said, is the pass game looked about as good as you really could have asked this week. If we're supposed to be elite, that's what it's supposed to look like. That's what seven on sevens are supposed yeah. to look like. And they did. And so I think that was, as I said, exciting. And you could go even into Elijah Moore, the chemistry he's already built with Elijah Moore. DPJ looks great. Amari, you know, we've only seen him sparingly, but his look, like Amari when he's been yep. out there. And now think about Chubb and, and the Chief and Jordan Akins is coming and making plays. Cedric Tillman looks good. Marquise Goodwin looks good. I mean, we're all of a sudden talking about a team that has a bevy of offensive weapons. And as Marquise Goodwin said to me after the Wednesday practice, he goes, there is no ceiling for this offense. And let's not forget, he was playing with Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf last year in what was a very explosive Seattle offense. So uh, it just you have to score to win and people are saying, well, what about the defense? What about our defense has a great back end. The rules are slanted towards the offense. So you want to see them. And I thought as the week went on, they had some moments as well. And uh, absolutely. I was going to yeah, say the, the same thing came to play on, In many on, cases, on Wednesday. They mm -hmm. had very good coverage. Yeah. That's why this was so special. Cause some of these throws were just absurdly good in windows where you didn't think that he could throw them. And then when we get the pads on and we get this D line going, that's the strength of this team. You can see it. We are a much different walk off the bus team. And, and AP, Gibe, I'm sure you both agree with this. I really think, and Andrew Berry spent time in Philadelphia, those joint practices last year when they walked into our facility and everybody was like, uh, what? I think they were like, we need to get bigger. We need to get more physical. And we've done that in a major way. Absolutely. I, I would, my one word, fun. It was fun to see. There's there's so many weapons. There's so many guys that can make plays. I I, I don't know 10, 12 wide receivers going to be competing in that wide receiver room yeah. for for spots on the roster. Uh, the tight end room is deep. I mean, we f we forget about Harrison Bryant. Don't forget about Harrison Bryant because he made some plays this week uh, at the running back position with Jerome Ford. Weapons, weapons, weapons. Uh, we talk about it on Cleveland Browns Daily. It's an arms race. We have a lot of arms. <laughs> yeah, and most importantly, the arm throwing the football looked pretty good. Offensively, uh, we talked a lot about you know this camp this week uh, and, and what we learned from them. Uh, is the deepest position offensively at the wide receiver room? Poizel, I'll start with you. Yeah, unquestionably, because you just go down the roster right now, you go down the wide receiver room right now, and you can safely, I think, assign the first five spots on the depth chart. And that's not something that every team can do right now. And I know that's not something that this team really has been able to do over the last several seasons. You know, when you have a depth chart that's rounded out right now in those top five by, I think, Cedric Tillman, who looked great this week, you're in a pretty good spot. And you add in, you know, the fact that Marquise Goodwin, age 32, is you know making deep ball plays and and looks as explosive as as probably he ever has in his career like and he's going to be what your third fourth receiver on the depth chart probably um that's a great sign and and you know Donovan Peoples Jones who we, I don't even think we've talked about him yet he had a big day on Wednesday yeah he looked phenomenal I think he was the receiver who and this is what he's done his whole career but you know he might not always have the most separation but if Deshaun is able to put that ball where it needs to go he's going to come down with it and he showed that again I think uh, when. Deshaun was clicking on all cylinders on that first day of practice uh, on Wednesday. Would you agree? I mean, I would, which is crazy. In 11 years, we've been begging to have a real <laughs> wide receiver depth chart, and now we have 
an abundance of that, and perhaps more additions could be on the horizon. I don't think they're necessary at this point, but as you said, it's an arms race. But you got Amari as your one. You've got DPJ and Elijah Moore as your two, three. Goodwin is your four. Tillman is your five. David Bell, who you drafted last year in the third round, it's actually looked good out here. And it yeah. seems to be mm-hmm. playing faster, probably at the sixth spot. Then Jalen Darden has made plays. Dalen Baldwin has made plays every single day and getting reps with the uh, one. Yeah, Jalen Darden, I think, is one guy who flashed this week. Jalen Darden, in my mind right now, I, I think getting Marquise Goodwin is the best thing that ever happened to him because he's working with him on his releases. He is fast, and I think that if you're thinking long-term, can Jalen Darden in 2024 be Marquise Goodwin for your offense in 2023? I think there's a, a high likelihood. Now he's going to have to probably end up practice squad and then stay here. He may get plucked. You never know. But I think that he has shown things. They love Mike Harley in the way that he runs his routes and always is where he's supposed to be. We haven't mentioned Jakeem Grant, who, by the way, yes, was an all-pro and very productive returner, but was very effective as a wide receiver in both Miami and Chicago. Anthony Schwartz is still here, and obviously he has that that speed. So it is. It's an outrageously deep group. I think that, you know, the tight end room is deep. I think our offensive line room is deep. I think our quarterback room is deep, certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Running back, if then, we'll get to this, I'm sure, later. If there is a question, maybe, that's where it is. But we have never had a group of receivers like this, nor have we ever had a quarterback to get them the ball. And that's why exciting, fun, encouraging. That's why what this passing camp has been is is pretty darn good. All right, defensively, deepest uh, position. The defensive end room for me, uh, and I think we've got great depth at safety. I think we have great depth at the cornerback position. Uh, linebackers, we have a ton of guys, and with the way Jordan Kunashik's played, I think that you can feel like there's good depth there, but it's got to be the end position because think about it. You got Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. You now have two of the five guys in the league that have had double-digit sacks in three of the last four seasons. You've got Obo Okoronkwo, who you brought in here, and you would have been fine if he was your number two. Now he's going to get a ton of one-on-ones when you go into those formations with three, and I think we're going to see four, maybe even five, five defensive yeah. ends at a time. That's crazy, by the way. <laughs> it is crazy. Alex Wright has played very well, and they think his jump from year one to year two is massive. You'll see him a lot on the inside. You draft Isaiah McGuire, who is very productive in the SEC, and then don't forget about Isaiah Thomas, who was incredibly productive as a rookie when given opportunities, had that big sack of Joe Burrow on Monday Night Football, uh, recovered a fumble against the Baltimore Ravens. So I like what I've seen from him. So I think that is a that's a deep group. And I think for the first time since we've been here, you're going to see you could see six defensive ends on the final 53. And I think you will see five defensive ends active on game days. Yeah. The, the, which is just crazy. And that's a really strong argument there for the deepest position on the defense. Uh, I'll say cornerbacks, though, just because, you know, not every team right now has three guys who I think you can safely slot in as a starting cornerback right now. And obviously it's the same as last year. I think that was the deepest position on the defense last year as well. But, you know, when you uh, can line up Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom and Martin Emerson, wherever you want. And that's I feel like that's what Jim Schwartz is going to do. He's going to he's going to rotate those guys in the slot and on the outside. And then, of course, you know, you look at the depth behind them, you know, Mike Ford, who just got here, he's been around a while. A.J. Green's been around a while and has made plays over his career here. And then I, I think one guy who is, I'm kind of intrigued to watch is Chris Westry. You know, he's so tall, so it looks so rangy. Um, he's also relatively new in this league. Ben, I think this is year three for him. And um, some somebody who I think could really compete for a depth spot uh, on, on the depth chart there. Tyvis uh, Powell from the radio network was out here the other day and, and knows Westry and said, it's a great pickup. 
Like he just needs a little bit of work, a total development guy, but he goes, he's got all the tools that can be effective in this defense. Well, if he can become what member Pierre Desir was for us, sure. and then Pierre Desir made a lot of money with Indianapolis Colts and then the Jets, he's a guy that you'd look at him and typically you'd say, okay, cover three, man could be tough. We're going to play a lot more man here, but there certainly could be a role and he's got a unique gift in size and then you got a couple guys Thomas Graham as well and then Cam Mitchell our draft pick out of Northwestern who have kind of that inside outside versatility so there is definitely some depth there I would say it's very top heavy in the sense that our top three are probably a top five top three in the league if and maybe even top three top three in the league and that's going to carry us and I think when you marry that with the pass rush so those are the two places you want to be deep at and you want to be talented at and I think we are and I think because of that pass rush those three guys are all going to look even better this year if if it's as destructive if that front is as destructive as they think it's going to be that means there's only going to be more opportunities for those guys to get more interceptions which is something that I think they still would have wanted more of last year right well yeah MJ and Greg are looking for their first exactly and more more Pass breakups, obviously. So I, I think I think it's it's a big year for those guys if the defense does what it needs to do. Zagura play of the week. Is there a play that stood out to you? Same so I would go that. back. There were two of them from the first day, and one was Donovan Peoples-Jones was in the slot to the left and ran a little jerk route, working one-on-one with Denzel, fake to the out, brought it back to the inside. It was a rocket from Deshaun, and he flashed his hands at the last possible second getting both feet in. That was good. And then there was one where Elijah Moore was lined up on the outside and ran a C route, and there was good coverage. Mike Ford was in a great position, and Deshaun just put it above his head, and Elijah went up and got it, and I thought that was just absurd balls, absurd catches. I mean, there's literally so many plays you could have picked out yes. on, on that Senator first Tillman day. had a bunch? Yeah. Uh, Marquise Goodwin had a couple. I mean, so many plays. I think the thing that I, I would say is I'm, I'm also going to go multiple plays here if that's okay. Uh, but just every pass that Deshaun completed to Amari Cooper on that first day. You know, I didn't know if Amari was going to be out there uh, after the yeah, that dig right core. over Delpit's hand. Was- it, it, I mean, you could pick any of them. I didn't know if he was going to be out there because of the the core muscle surgery. It wouldn't have surprised me if, if they were just, you know, just take it easy. But he went out there and he, he balled out. And, and that's what... Again, that's what you really want to see out of Deshaun and, and 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 Cooper this year because those guys, you know, kind of up and down. I think when when um you know Watson was finally playing at games against last year, but um it, it it just looked so good and and the fact that that was how it looked in their first full practice together after you know Amari had the surgery, I think again was was really encouraging. So I, I would take any of those plays uh, and you can throw that as your play of the week. I want to add one more. There was a play where Deshaun. Did a play fake and then booted out to his left, flipped his hips and just flicked the ball about 45 yards to Elijah Moore, who was running a post yep. from the left. So basically all the way back to the right sideline. That was perfect. And it was like, OK, all right. Yeah, Gerard, was, Gerard, when he threw that one, Gerard was like, yeah, that that was like Brady. That was. Ooh. And one more play where I was like, wow, uh, we talked again about about Jalen Darden. Well, he caught the deepest ball that I think Watson threw on that first day. I want to say it was probably a 40, 50 yard pass. And, you know, it didn't even really look like that far of a deep ball because of how low, uh, you know, Watson threw it. It had just so much zip on it, but it was perfectly placed. You know, Darden was wide open, just looked like such an easy play. And the fact that he's making it with a guy who's, you know, not in that top five, not in that top six, if you were to put a depth chart together right now, still just super encouraging. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I would say, and I know we, we, gone offensive heavy we talked about the secondary a little bit and defensive line obviously I test great that safety room uh, really really 
showed some flashes on certain plays, especially on Wednesday. Thornhill, McLeod, uh, Delpit. Uh, it, I mean, there's some really good bodies and good leaders coming out of that room that I think are going to be the leaders on this defense. Yeah, you know, even when you talked to guys, I was talking with Marquise Goodwin, and I was talking about how he and Thornhill were John a little bit, and he's like, yeah, well, he's got rings, you know. And so you yeah. respect that. And I think that he's brought a respect, obviously, to the back end of this defense from what he's doing. Grant had a breakout season last year. I think if we had been better, a lot more people would be talking about Grant Delpit over 100 tackles, the four interceptions to lead the team. He is playing fast and smart. And then you have Rodney McLeod, who's actually like a coach in that room, who is very much a capable starter. And we're going to see the versatility where we're going to be able to play those three safeties and utilize them in different ways. So, yeah, I think that that back end of the defense is going to be very good. And to your point earlier, when you get out there with the real pass rush and they know that the ball's got to be coming out we're going to get a lot more chances to gamble a lot more chances to get interceptions and, and be you know tight to your man know the ball's coming and have a chance to make those plays and I think you know going back to Thornhill the thing that I really noticed about him this week is just how loud he is <laughs> you know he's does such a good job it seems of, of communicating in the back part of the defense which we know is something that that they kind of needed to you know step up uh, this year so um, but not even that uh, he's also a great trash talker uh, you know i won't say anything that he, he's been saying on the field, but he's definitely one of the, the more vocal players when it comes to talking to guys on the other team. And I think that's something that the defense really wants to kind of bring out this year. They want to be a mean, feisty group. And and I think Thornhill fits that type of culture perfectly, in addition to all the plays that he's made over his career and that he will you know, hopefully continue to make here in Cleveland. All right. You can only give me one most exciting new addition, either on offense or defense this week. Yeah, it's definitely, to me, Elijah Moore, just because of all the different ways that we saw him lined up in the offense. You know, we saw him play in the slot. We saw him play in the outside. We even saw him play in the backfield. Uh, you know, they would motion him into the backfield. And I think when you see Elijah Moore in the backfield, a defense has no idea what's going to come next. And to me, you know, he's a guy that's hungry to to put in a really big year here. And I think the fact that, you know, they're, they're looking to utilize him at so many different spots in this offense shows that they are committed to maximizing his speed, maximizing his great hands, and making sure that we are going to make the most out of having a guy as as versatile as as quick as Elijah Moore in our offense this year as we can. Zigro. I mean that's that's the answer, but I'll flip it to the defensive side. You said it well. And I mean I talked with Kunashik afterwards and I said, and it's it's not very fun when he lines up in the backfield, right? He's like, well we've already had to have meetings and change how we try to deal with yeah. him because he's there such a mismatch and and Elijah Moore is a stud. I love them coming out of Ole Miss. I wanted him that draft. The Browns wanted him that draft. He went second pick in the second round. I believe certain is, head coach's father yes, wanted him. At, no doubt. Yeah. So this is this is very exciting. I'm going to go with Zedarius Smith. And we haven't gotten to see him do anything on the field per se. But just looking at him, I was like, whoa, he is a big, big dude. And he is very effective rushing from the inside as well as the outside. And they kind of showed in that half-speed jog through where they're doing a two-minute drill, you know, the idea that you can have Dalvin Tomlinson pushing the pocket, Zedarius next to him one-on-one -on -one with a guard, Miles outside of him where they can't, double all of these guys and then oboe on a wide nine on the other side where they you know they're sliding and he's going to have a short angle to the quarterback it it's going to be fun he gives us you know if not the best pass rushing tandem in the league we're certainly in a discussion of the top three pass rushing tandems in the league you think about mac and bosa down with the chargers you think about tj watt and highsmith with the steelers you think about nick bosa and probably armstead or whomever now they got hargrave with the niners we're in that conversation now and we never have been before that's exciting to me. Game balls. Obviously, I think 
there's one unanimous one. It goes to our quarterback definitely for, for the week that he had. But is there another? Is there a game ball that you give out either offense or defense? Yeah, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has been a stud. He has been a factor every single day consistently, as you mentioned, from a variety of spots. The chemistry is there. And I had been, you know, I had known for a while how much Deshaun had liked Elijah. We just didn't get a chance to see it until uh, recently. And it's been it's been everything you could want it to be. Shout out to DPJ as well. I think he's been great. Uh, I'll give my game ball on offense to Marquise Goodwin. You know, I I think the fact that he's, I think this is his 11th NFL season. He's 32 years old and you can't tell. Uh, that you can't tell his age in veteranship. No, and veteranship. He's a mean great trash talker too. Yeah, he is. He is. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, you know, he's going to stretch the defense this year in addition to everything that Elijah Moore is also going to be able to do. Um, he's, he's a guy who I think could have one of the best years uh, of his career this year based on how things have looked so far. Um, and I just, I feel like he's going to open up so many more options for this offense. You know, I think a lot of focus if they're, if he's on the field at the same time with Elijah Moore is going to go towards more. They're going to have to pay attention to Goodwin too, based on what we've seen over these over this week. Speed scares people, and it's one thing to have speed; it's another thing to be a professional receiver, be able to track the ball. He tracks it very, very well. He has excellent hands, and and I would ask people to go back and watch against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it wasn't a game that ended the way we wanted the final game of the season, but there was one play in particular where Jalen Darden runs a post, and you can kind of see Mika Fitzpatrick through his helmet, be like, "Uh, what?" And they turn and run, and underneath it, you get a deep over from Amari Cooper. Picked about 30 yards, got us down near the goal line. Marquise Goodwin is going to make a few plays every game where he actually catches the ball, but he is also going to make plays, and, and I talked about him with that in that interview, like a hockey assist where like you aren't, you're going to create the space that's going to create the big play for others, and teams are going to have to respect him. And you think about you clear him on a clear vertical clear around, maybe Deshaun throws it to him, maybe he doesn't, similar to Will Fuller back in those Houston days, and then you've got Amari running it over, you've got the Chief running the seam, and then you have Elijah out of the backfield running an angle route on a linebacker with all the space that's been created. It's going to be a pick your poison. We have never had that scenario. And we've never had a quarterback to be able to operate that. And that's why this is exciting and encouraging. Definitely. So what's next? The Greenbrier at the end of July and training camp. Uh, the position battle you are most excited to see, Nathan Zagura. It's a dramatic I don't pause. know that there are a lot of necessarily position battles. I am curious. I'll throw out a couple things I'm curious about. I'm curious, can Jerome Ford be the number two running back? And all indications so far, they're very pleased with what he's shown. But we're only going to know that once we put the pads on, we see him in some more pass pro, right? Do Or do they have to go out and get a, a veteran like a J.D. McKissick, who's a professional pass catcher out of the backfield? So that would be on offense. That's really it for me. Defensively, you know, Jordan Elliott, Jim Schwartz has been very high on him so far. Can he emerge as that number two defense tackle? And then the guy that I think has got a ton of talent, Perrion Winfrey. You know, obviously went through some tough stuff this week, and I feel very much for him and for Greg that had to be terrifying. Can't wait to see him out there. And then Maurice Hurst is a guy who I think is also very, very talented. How does he perform? And so that kind of second, third defense, because there's going to be a rotation along with Siaki Ika, obviously. You know, who are the two, three, four defensive tackles? What does that look like? And then, you know, I guess that linebacker. You don't know kind of how that's going to shake out. We hope to get a walk back soon. He says he'll be good for training camp. We hope to get Taki Taki back soon. Jordan Kunashik's played really, really well. 
And Jim Schwartz coach is wearing his jersey. Him. Coach wore his jersey. I mean, so I think that room is going to be fun. Jacob Phillips looks thicker. He looks good. JOK is flying around. Tony Fields is flying around. So that room is kind of, I think, maybe the most unsettled in terms of what playing time is actually going to be. Yeah. I mean, there might be tough uh, decisions to make at those positions, but I, for me, I'm going to say wide receiver. You know, we've been talking about it for most of this pod. And I think we talked about it at the beginning, but there's going to be some real tough decisions to make in that room, too. I mean, you're not going to be able to carry eight, nine guys there. There are people on six. Max. There are people in you're right. And there are people in that roster now who would have made uh, the team a couple years ago who now starting. are not going to be able to make the team this year because of all the moves they made. You know, you, you go down the list outside of that top five, David Bell, Jakeem Grant, Schwartz, Jalen Darden, Demetric Felton, Mike Harley and Dalen Baldwin, who made a couple of nice catches uh, over these past few days, too. There's so much talent in that room, and it really is going to come down to which of those guys stands out the most in training camp. We're going to see a lot of reps out of all those guys, I think. Um, and I'm really ex- curious to see how many. I mean, you say six receivers, but would they even consider taking seven if it's really just that loaded of a room do you need a kick punter? you're gonna have three quarterbacks yeah so it's gonna be you won't have a fullback so that's a spot maybe that is more open it's gonna be interesting to see because we talked about the defensive ends you're gonna carry more defensive ends than you have before you know you're gonna carry more right you know on the back end or the normal amount you're gonna need those linebackers to play special teams like Mm -hmm. Adams was brought here to play but he's gonna make like Bubba loves him he's gonna make the team Kunashika feels like he's gonna make team so how does that linebacking room shake out where can you trim a little bit is going to be ultimately yeah the question and you know we'll probably only keep three tight ends would be my guess so maybe there's a spot there that's going to be interesting then i'd add even the quarterback just watching behind deshaun because dobbs is playing well dtr i think there's something about that kid and i yes. think that he's going to be the three and i think he's obviously the future too but when is the future right and and i that's what i like the fact we get four preseason games because watching him and tillman High school teammates. Is yeah, be a the lot fourth of fun. quarters are going to be fun. Well, the, the, even the first game, the third quarter, the Hall yeah. of Fame game for us is, I think, actually going to be yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. Zagura, thank you. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Poizel. For Nathan Zagura, for Anthony Poizel, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks to Anthony Baco for all of his hard work behind Bacco. the scenes. Minicamp officially over. You can like and subscribe today to the best podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube and all of our episodes, youtube.com slash Browns. I'm Jason Gibbs. We're back with you next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available. <laughs>